Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. We are thrilled to join you on 610 AM ESPN Radio, ready to help you move into the weekend talking about all the news in the world of sports. Jeff, we may actually get to the news in the world of sports again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, football season is over. Oh, it is kind of sad. Don't no, say that. No, well, you know, college football is over. It's kind of boring last weekend. There wasn't much to do on <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> Got to be honest. Well, it's all going to change. Okay, so you're you're excited about this time of year. Well, we still got basketball, right? We got it. We got the we got uh, March Madness just around the corner. Uh huh. We got hockey. Uh huh. And my favorite, pitchers and catchers. Pitchers and catchers reported two days ago. So did you get like a warm and fuzzy feeling the other day when on Valentine's Day, as Adam Morgan reminded <laughs> us, that pitchers and catchers were reporting? It is. It's it. You know, there's a group of us in my office that that immediately the email started. There's there's this hope, you know. We've already predicted how many how many games the team's going to win, even though we don't know who the pitchers are. Well, it's a good thing we got somebody on there that we can ask about. Jeff, we're joined by uh, Todd Zalecki of MLB.com. Todd, how excited are you to spend Valentine's Day with pitchers and catchers? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I've actually I've actually become accustomed to it because uh, I think there's only been like one Valentine's Day since I met my wife. You know five, six years ago that we actually spent Valentine's Day together. So usually I'm already down here. So I've, I've come, become quite accustomed to it over the years. You couldn't bring her with you? <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to work down there. We, we had some fun jokes with Adam Morgan about that when he realized that he was reporting on uh, Valentine's Day. He wasn't terribly thrilled with that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think, yeah, but you know what I think? Uh, yeah, like I said, I think most of these guys, after a while, they're just like, okay, this is part of the, part of the deal. But it is funny, this year, it actually, the first pitchers and catchers workout actually did land on February 14th. And I feel like usually it's the day before or day after yeah. where you're actually, you know, you're traveling down the 14th. But, you know, so this was, this was the, I think, maybe a first. Well, and you've got some good weather. It's raining here in Philly, but I, I made sure to check the weather. 76 and sunny, is that what I saw? You out there getting a little tan? Uh, yeah, the weather's been great so far. It's actually been warmer than normal. Uh, you know, usually it's in the low 70s, high 60s, but it's been in the high 70s, low 80s. Um, so, yeah, can't complain about the weather. I, I never complain about the weather when I'm down here, even if it's, you know, in the 50s, just because I, I do know, obviously, how everybody else is, is back home kind of uh, dying for a little bit of sunshine. We yeah, take well, it. we're not getting it this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not going to no. happen. So, so what's the, what's the first thing you noticed about the, this spring training? Uh, it's it's definitely unlike any other um, camp I, I've seen with with Gabe Kapler kind of running the show here. It's it's a lot different, you know. Um, they're doing a lot of things differently. They're trying a lot of things, you know, uh, that they haven't tried before. Um, you know, from today, for instance. Example, they had umpires catching bullpen uh, uh, behind the plate for bullpen at bullpen sessions. You know, something that I've never seen a team do in my life. Uh, no Phillies team certainly. Uh, to, they're trying to create in-game, you know, kind of in-game conditions for the Phillies pitchers. Um, there's there's music everywhere. There's they're trying to. Did we hire Chip uh, Kelly have, as our baseball coach? Yeah, no, <laughs> you know, I don't think so. Just I've heard from. You know, for, I never covered Chip Kelly, but I heard that he was more of a more didn't really work well with with others. Whereas I feel like Gabe is very um, inclusive. You know, in, in in regards to the umpires, he he notified all the pitchers and catchers in their pre pre workout meeting and said, "Hey, this is what we're going to do." You know, if you, you guys aren't 
would rather not have an umpire behind the plate during your bullpen session today, that's totally fine. It's just it's an option. We're we're trying to we're just trying something different here. So if you and then if you try it and you don't like it, you certainly don't have to do it again. Uh, same thing with the music. It's not just like you know, hey, let's just turn on the radio station. He's asked input of players like, what do you guys want to hear during the workout? And um, so who's the DJ? You know, so, Who's, who's uh, making the selection? You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's a, a, a how exactly they're doing the mix. So to say, it might just be like somebody compiles it on an iPod or, or something like that. But, um, but it, it definitely is. A, it, it's not just, in other words, it's not just the hand on the classic rock station. You'll hear some Tom Petty. You'll hear some uh, music from Latin America. You're, you'll hear a little bit of everything. So it, it's 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 interesting. You know, they're also trying to keep track of. Player reps, you know, how many times you're throwing, how many times you're swinging. So, you know, they can track that information and, and, and say, hey, wow, this guy's really been in the cage a lot lately. Let's, let's tell him to lay off so he doesn't, like, pull an oblique. You know, those types of things. They're talking a lot about trying to get gain advantages in the margins uh, to try to, you know, if it helps them one pitch, one at bat, one game, whatever throughout the season, that can make all the difference. So it's it's only been three days, but do you get the impression from at least the beginning that they're buying into this, or do, are they a little bit skeptical? Uh, I I do so far. I mean, it is just a few days into it. Um, and, you know, everybody in every camp I've been to, the first few days of spring training, everybody's generally upbeat. But I, I do I do sense a real enthusiasm about it, um, not just in players, but in you know, uh, other other team personnel that's that's with the team. They really seem to like the enthusiasm. They uh, they seem to really like the inclusiveness of it all, and they seem to like the fact that the Phillies are trying things that they haven't tried before. And they like the fact that that Kapler has said, if it doesn't work, you know, we're 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 trying these things for the first time. And if it works, great. If it doesn't work, okay, can we fix it? And if we can't fix it. Let's just scrap it. So I think they like that that aspect of it too. Uh, quite frankly, I you know sometimes I think in baseball, as I imagine in any industry, it's a lot of well, this is the way we've always done it, so let's just keep doing it this way rather than going why are we doing it and is there a better way of doing it? And I think Gabe is actually trying to push those boundaries a little bit. Do you get the impression that there's a method to the madness, or is this a hodgepodge of let's? It's the beginning of spring trading. Let's just keep trying things until we find something that works. No, I think everything is definitely planned out. Um, it's not just a hmm. Let's just let, you know, just bring umpire. I think this is something that they definitely talked about. This is something that they definitely discuss. And I don't think they go into any day not knowing what's going on. You know, uh, Rob Thompson, uh, Gabe Kapler's bench coach, was with the Yankees under Joe Girardi for, for you know, a decade. And uh, he's he's kind of setting the schedule for spring training. And and um, I've gotten really good reports from, again, players and, and other personnel that this is a really well-run, tightly-run spring training. Everybody knows where everybody is at, at every minute of the day. So that, that helps everybody out. Um so while again, while while a lot of these things are new, they're definitely planned for and accounted for, and and so uh, so it's, you know, it's there's definitely not a it's not like it, there's chaos at camp, um, you know everything is everything is well predetermined. So we were reading your piece that you wrote the other day on uh, catchers and the battle for the second catcher. Is it a foregone conclusion that Alfaro is the opening day starter, or just that he makes a team because he's out of options? 
I would say it's a foregone conclusion that he that he makes the team. Um, I, I guess I would make him the favorite to be the opening day starter because of his potential and and because of the way he played in in limited action. You know, the final two months of the season. Uh, but but certainly, you know, if if Andrew Knapp makes the team, for instance, and he has a really great spring training. And say that matchup that day is against a tough right-handed pitcher, the opening day pitcher uh, for the other team. I can see certainly see a situation where Andrew Knapp is the opening day starter. He's a high on base percentage guy, um, and, you know, and particularly if he takes some steps forward defensively this spring. You know, they, they're, they're making an emphasis on uh, framing pitches, you know, getting strikes here, and that was another another thought process with the umpires. You know, hey, if the catcher's framing the ball well, he'll get some strikes. Um, but, but certainly, yeah, I think, uh, I, I, I think another pitcher, another catcher, if it's Knapp or, or, or Cameron Rupp, they could be the opening day catcher over Alfaro. Who do you think's the, the likely second catcher they carry at this point, uh, Knapp or, or Rupp? I, I think if you read between the lines, you know, I think, I think Andrew Knapp has an edge over Cameron Rupp. Matt Klantak talked a lot this offseason about how he, they want players that control the strike zone at the plate, i.e., work work counts, get on base, and you know every time Matt Klintek talked about that, he cited Carlos Santana, Reese Hoskins, J.P. Crawford, and then he cited Andrew Knapp. Um, uh, Gabe Kapler, I asked him yesterday about what are you looking for in the catchers offensively. He said, "Hey, obviously we like guys that control the strike zone. Andrew Knapp does that job very well." Although he also then added, "Hey, but we also like hitters that can, you know, get the ball out of the ballpark, and that's that's where Cameron's strength, Cameron Rupp's strength is. But Cameron Rupp's career on base percentage is, is 298. So, uh, so it seems to me that you know Cameron Rupp has more to prove maybe than than Andrew Knapp. But certainly both are going to have to compete for the job. But again, I I think based off of what Matt Klintak has said and what Gabe Kapler has said, um, the advantage goes to Knapp." So let's now move to the other side of the battery. Um, it seems like from everything that we're hearing is is assuming he's healthy that Nola is the foregone, at least opening day starter and number one pitcher. Sure. Do you see that changing or is that assuming he's healthy, uh, fingers crossed, that, that he is the opening day starter and then they go from there? Absolutely. I think the only, like you said, the only way that changes is if there's an injury to Aaron Nola in, in camp. Or if, for instance, and I don't necessarily expect this to happen, if they would somehow sign Jake Arrieta as a free agent. Otherwise, I think Aaron Nola is the opening day starter for sure. I mean, he, he pitched great last year. Uh, he's got a lot of potential. He, he clearly, he's the best starting pitcher in camp or on this on this forty man roster. So I would be I would be stunned if it was anybody else if Aaron Nola was healthy. So when I posted that we were going to have you on, uh, the question I got is, who's after Aaron Nola? So I'll ask that first. But then the follow-up to that is you mentioned Jake Arrieta. And, you know, I don't know if it's talked down there, but there's been some complaints about sort of collusion that they're not signing these players because they want to lower the market. Is there any talk about that down in spring training around the pitchers and players like Arrieta who still haven't been signed? Well, to answer your first question, I I think following Aaron Nola, uh, for me personally, and I don't. I, I I tend to think that maybe the team would look at it this way as well. If everybody, if everybody is healthy, if everybody is healthy, I would think that 
Jared Eikhoff is probably the number two guy. Uh, you know, he, he, he was hurt last year and he didn't pitch as well. He didn't pitch as well as he has in the past, but I'm a big Jared Eikhoff guy. When he's healthy, he was very effective to me. He's the number two guy. And then three and four, it's either going to be Nick Pavetta or Vince Velasquez. Both of those guys have a lot to prove. Both of those guys have the best stuff in the rotation. And then that number five spot is going to be, you know, Ben Lively, Mark Leiter Jr., Zach Eflin, Jake Thompson, possibly even Tom Eshelman, who's the minor league pitcher of the year last year, although he's now in the 40 minutes. So I think that's how the rotation plays out right now. And, hey, you know, a lot of those guys are going to have to step up. If, it's, if the Phillies expect to, quote, shock people, like Gabe Kapler said, that means that Eikhoff's going to have to return healthy and return to how he, to prior form. That means it's going to have to click for Vince Velasquez or Nick Pavetta, and they're going to have to get some, you know, some somewhat consistent pitching from that number five spot. Now, in terms of, you know, Arietta and those other guys being out there, I haven't really heard too much talk, honestly, about from the young players about, you know, potential for collusion, etc. I mean, I, I don't think that's really necessarily on the mind of a lot of the young guys. Uh, whereas, you know, in a more veteran veteran clubhouse, say like the 2011 Phillies, I think that would be more hot topic of conversation. Um, but certainly, you know, Jake Arrieta is out there. The Phillies are absolutely monitoring it. I think if also Jake Arrieta came to the Phillies and said, hey, you know, would you guys be interested in signing me to a three-year deal? I, I absolutely think the Phillies would be in on that. But right now there's no indication that Jake Arrieta is willing to, to not do that. Is there anybody um, besides Arietta that would be on their radar for that type of move? You know, I was a little surprised today. Uh, Jason Vargas uh, signed a two-year $18 million deal or $16 million deal with the Mets. I, I, I thought he was a, a, a potentially good fit. Um, I don't think I, – I, I think the Phillies like Lance Lynn. I think they like Alex Cobb, but not at a multi-year deal. Quite frankly, I think the Phillies look at Cobb, Lynn – a lot of these guys under Jake Arrieta and say, why would we commit three, four years to them when we might have pitchers in camp that could be just as effective at a fraction of the cost, which would then, you know, obviously allow them, give them more money to go out and sign, you know, Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, some of these other big, big name free agents in the future. So um, I, I still expect the Phillies will sign somebody. But if they don't sign somebody like Arietta, I think it'd be more of a guy on, on a one-year contract. With regard to the bullpen, I'm happy that they brought Nishak back. I think it, it'll be good to have some veteran re- leadership there. But to me, right. uh, part part of me, and Jason's Jeff, laughing Jeff's because he knows where I'm you going. His dream for the yeah. rotation minus Vince Velasquez, where he shows up in the bullpen. I, I just don't see him being a long-term starter. He just throws too many pitches right. and and not. Well, I I just see him as a closer. Is is there that talk again, or or is it, are they committed to him being a starter? Well, they're committed to him right now being a starter. I think they look at his potential and his arm, and they you know they still look back and go, "Wow, this is a guy who struck out 16 batters in a shutout," you know, in April 2016, and that obviously that was a long time ago. Uh, but they see that potential there, and 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 I think the Phillies look at it like this: you don't want to give up on him too soon. And if he needs to move the bullpen, you can always move him to the bullpen. You know, the idea that boy, they need to get him into the bullpen now to make this adjustment. Uh, personally, you know, I 
I agree with the Phillies in, in that regard. If you if you can if you want to move in the bullpen, you can always move the bullpen. It's not like this six month process where you need to prepare the guy. You can just move him into the bullpen. Brett Myers did it a few years ago. Uh, you remember he was a starter, moved in moved in the bullpen without a problem. You know, it it can be done if it needs to be done. But right now, I think they would rather just see see if he can actually get things to click because if he clicks, he could be really good. But you're right. He has to stay healthy. He has to be more economical with his pitches. If he's going to be at 100 pitches every time, every game in the fourth inning, then then, then what's the point? Jeff, uh, but, Jeff will but continue kind of, to beat the drum for Vince Velasquez. Yeah, no, I, and, I, and I get it. I, I think he would be a tremendous relief pitcher, but, but, but for the same reason that the Phillies then after that Myers moved to the bullpen, they moved him back in the rotation. Um, you don't want to give up on an arm like that too soon. So last last season, Jeff used to joke that I had a little man crush on Reese Hoskins, and I he and his son would joke how long it would take me to text them after a home run. Jeff, on <laughs> the other hand, texts me with Vince Velasquez's pitch counts. When, <laughs> right, right. When he's playing. So that that's where his focus is. Uh, last one from me. I was reading some reports that Mikel Franco has been working with Carlos Santana on some – some sure. plate discipline and other things. Any talk down there about that and, and what the, the lineup and the, the players are going to look like on the team there? Yeah, you know, uh, uh, Carl Santana just arrived in the camp today. Uh, Michael Franco's been here. Uh, Franco looks like he's in, is in, is in really good shape. Uh, and, and they have. You know, Michael, they have been talking. Michael Franco and Carlos Santana, both Dominicans, they've both been talking regularly throughout the offseason. Or, or at least since Carlos Santana signed with the Phillies, and and, and absolutely the Phillies are hoping that Carlos can kind of take my calendar's wing, and maybe get him uh, to approach things at the plate a little bit differently. And if he can, well, that could be a really good thing for the Phillies. Obviously, now I you know I I remember years ago uh, Jimmy Rollins went to San Diego and worked out with Tony Gwynn because Tony Gwynn was one of the greatest hitters ever and was great on base. Um, base guy never struck out, but in the end, personally for me, you are kind of who you are as a hitter. It's it's really tough to make those adjustments. It's tough for a free swinging guy to all of a sudden become a super patient guy. But we're going to give it a shot. This is probably Michael Franco's last shot uh, at an everyday role at third base with the Phillies. He's going to have to really kind of prove himself or improve. And if he doesn't, they'll, they'll move on. So, uh, but in terms of just the overall lineup, you know, I can see Cesar Hernandez hitting first. Uh, Gabe Kapler has talked about Carlos Santana hitting second just because he, he likes the idea of a switch hitting high on base percentage guy in that spot. You know, you could have Odubo Herrera or Reese Hoskins hitting third. You know, then after that, you know, you have the Aaron Altair's, Luke Williams's, uh, Jorge Alfaro's uh, following in behind. But, you know, the Phillies. Philly's offense looked pretty good the final couple months of the season. They really took a good step forward. So, you know, I see some potential in this, in this offense. And if the rotation can kind of, you know, turn out how they hope they can turn out. I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, eight with the 2011 Philly's rotation, but I'm just talking about. Oh, I lost six you there. Innings give you, I, oh, I'm sorry. Um, if you can give me six innings, the rotation, six innings, three in runs, I think this lineup has has some definite potential to score some runs. One other question that we got from a listener, I lied, I, I did have one more. Um, okay. With, with keeping Hernandez there, what, what's the deal with Scott Kingery this year? Well, Scott, I, I, a couple of things with, with Hernandez and Scott Kingery. Number one, if you look at Hernandez's numbers the last couple of seasons, he stacks up 
right at the top amongst the best second basemen in Major League Baseball in terms of performance. 291 batting average, like a 372 on base percentage. You know, those are legit numbers. And and the Phillies, the Phillies definitely see some value in that. And uh, the, the deal with Scott Kingery is, you know, he's going to have to A, outplay Cesar Hernandez, and B, there's the service time issues. So if. So they're not going to call up Scott Kingery on opening day because if they call him up on opening day and he stays in the big leagues the entire season, they lose an entire season of team control. And I know a lot of fans have said, well, who cares about that? I just want Scott Kingery in the big leagues. Well, the Cubs did this same exact thing with Chris Bryant a few years ago. Chris Bryant absolutely should have been the Cubs' opening day third baseman, but they didn't call him up until the middle of April. And as a result, I can't remember the years exactly, but as a result, say, for example, he now does not become a free agent until 2021 instead of 2020. Gotcha. At the time, Cubs fans were at the time Cubs fans were screaming bloody murder. Uh, but now, I bet you, if you ask every Cubs fan, are you happy that the Cubs are getting guaranteed, guaranteed to have him through 2021 instead of 2020? They would say yes. And I think the same thing holds true with Scott Kingery. If they if they don't call him up until like May 1st, for instance, they'll have him through 2023 instead of 2022. And if Scott Kingery becomes the stud that everybody thinks he's going to be, uh, that that obviously is going to be a very good thing for the Phillies. But but the most important aspect right now for the Phillies and and this situation at second base is that Cesar Hernandez has played very very well, and uh, they're not just going to bench the guy or make him a utility player until you know until Scott Kingery absolutely proves that he's ready to take his job. Well, we. Absolutely appreciate you giving us a call. We hope we get some of that weather from Clearwater. And uh, we look forward to reading your reports from down there and uh, talking to you as spring training goes on. No problem. Uh, Happy to help. Take care, guys. Thanks Thanks so much. Have a great one. All right, Jeff, you ready to go down to spring training yourself? Yeah. That that got you excited, uh, right? Talking baseball. This is like you live for this. And and it's the hope. You know, it's it's like. Because, like, you like football, but you love baseball. Yes. It, it, It. there's something about just the passage of it's. Be, it might even just be because of the season. It, it you know you go through the winters when you live up here, and and then this is the beginning of spring. Now it doesn't look like it, it outside. And, and there there is that. There's always this sense of hope at the beginning. The of Phillies the year. are undefeated. Unless you're the Marlins, there's no other team that, that that. No, no, they're saying that it's good that Stanton's gone and Yelich is gone. Oh yeah, that's what their players are saying. Is there any chance the Marlins draw a million fans this year? Any chance at all? I think that there's, there's a chance no that, that Carson Wentz draws more people to his charity baseball game at like if, yeah, there, or it's Meg Park. There is, there is the Marlins no draw for a bunch w- of games. The, there, I, I would be willing to bet you they don't draw eight hundred thousand fans this year. All right. Well, we'll let you uh, get excited through the break more about some spring training, and then we'll move on to talk about some other sports. Uh, your favorite Olympic sport, my favorite headline from the Olympics, Curling? coming up and more. <laughs> Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey, those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at 1-888-337-3339 
or visit on the web at www.NewJerseyShares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon Residential Landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family. Let me tell you, buying or selling a home is a life-changing decision. Whether you're looking for your first home or searching for your forever home, Ann Coons is the realtor you need. In fact, she helped my wife and I settle into our forever home. With over 30 years helping satisfied clients buy and sell homes in the Delaware Valley, Ann Coons will give you the professional and reliable service you deserve. When it's time to buy or sell a home in South Jersey or Philadelphia, contact Ann Coons, the only name you need to know in real estate. You can call Ann Coons today at 856-795-4709. Again, that's 856-795-4709. Or learn more on the web at www.annkoonsrealestate.com. Welcome back to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. Jeff, before we move on, because I know how excited you are that we talk pitchers and catchers. You, you can't see a smile. On you the cannot radio, wipe the smile off your I face know. right now. You're basically wearing like your your gear for Clearwater right now. Like I wouldn't be surprised if you go to next break and put on like a Hawaiian shirt to go down there and like sit out and have a drink and watch. That the game. would be nice. Um, so you're not going to get off the Vinny Velasquez of the bullpen train, correct? You're no. going to stay on that train this no, year. No, 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 no. It, it's I just don't see how it works. I, you know, he had that, the that's one because you're a fatalist. No, it's not. It's because it's because I'm a realist. It I want it to work. It just doesn't seem to. I mean, it, we, we go through this pitch count. Look, I want to grow. It just doesn't seem to happen. I mean. That's my point. He, he he's the kind of guy that unless he develops better secondary pitches and doesn't look for the strikeout every time, that he's going to be at 80 to 90 pitches in the fourth inning. I, and I don't know how you do that. It's easier for him to end up in the bullpen if they sign Arietta. I mean, your bullpen yeah. becomes imminently, or your your staff itself becomes imminently deeper if it's Nola, Eikhoff, Arietta as your top three. Oh, you know who we have to, I, I, we'll have to see in a couple weeks and ha- try to have Todd back on because what we didn't get to is the younger pitchers. Is, is while like we're your still, boy Sixto Sanchez or, yeah, or older mean, than that, uh, but uh, younger pitchers? I, I'm hearing already, and this was the, the buzz last year at the beginning of spring training, is that every scout wants to come to a Phillies game where Sixto Sanchez Just is to pitching. See him pitch. because hey, he, speaking he, of, they can they can hear Redding here on the radio here on 610. So we hear. It's, it's, it's exciting, though. Yeah, and uh, we'll be able to talk a lot more minor league baseball, we'll, do, we'll talk do a minor little minor league, league report. That'll, that'll make you and your son excited. I mean... For our listeners who haven't heard, I always joke that I should be doing this show with Jeff's son, who really knows more about baseball and minor Especially league baseball the, than he does. The whole Phillies minor league system. But it, it's it will be fun to talk about not only the current Phillies, but the future of the Phillies as well, and to be able to hear those games here on the station. Um, what did you think about his analysis of the lineup and his uh, talk of keeping Kingery down for his service time? It, it doesn't surprise me. I, I mean, that the the Rizza or the Chris Bryant thing reminded me of that. But but as a fan, are you patient at this point? Like, I have a bunch of Philly well, fan if, friends who who they're like, you're an apologist for it because you're being patient. Here, here's the pro. Here's here's the good problem the Phillies have. They have Cesar Hernandez. If if you had a bad second baseman. It would be one thing. Caesar was at the, as Todd pointed out, Caesar's at the top of of almost every category as a second baseman. He's not a home run hitter, but he hits for average. 
He he can steal a base. He plays a very good second base from defensive standpoint, which is becoming more and more important. Uh, I don't I don't see it as a problem to have that kind of guy as as your starting second baseman with a another potential. I mean, Caesar is a potential All Star. That's how good he is at second base. We don't know Kingery came out of of almost nowhere. I mean, he was a second round pick a few years ago, but last year was just a breakout season. So getting him a little more seasoning, now he's a little older because he was a college player, but it, it's not a bad thing, and I think that we'll see what happens at third base because it's not like they'll keep him down all season. No. It's they want to keep him down, supposedly, until, until that magic So date. how Franco starts the season will determine a lot of what comes after. Yeah, so... so You know, Caesar becomes expendable at that point if Franco is serviceable and playing better and not driving Kapler insane striking out and like a corkscrew <laughs> into the ground with the hat coming with the helmet coming off yeah I mean I, I just showed you uh, during the break a photo of Macal at, at spring training You're admiring his physique l- looking a lot different than he did last he's year he's a trimmer Macal Franco yes this That's is the trimmest he's probably been ever um, in at like least at least that we've in seen his professional baseball career that, that, that we've seen and he's been working with carlos santana down in the dominican um that can't be a bad thing but the thing is is much like we we see with odubel odubel went through this phase where he worked with someone and he was walking a lot all right and then he fell back hold that thought yeah okay because you're gonna have to take that excitement from the phillies and bottle it up till next uh-uh. week because well we're going to talk about other stuff but okay. Jim Salisbury is going to be joining us from CSN next week okay again from spring training so we'll again have a take so bottle of, it up and we're going to talk baseball again yeah we're going to talk All baseball right. again but for this week yeah I oh, want your no. legal analysis here we go All right Philly special Jeff yeah so you've seen everybody try to like come up with t-shirts and it's so pathetic yeah. you know drinks and uh-huh. food and uh-huh. Name it all Philly special. And apparently there were three people that decided to try to trademark this saying. Have at it, guys. Do they have a case? It's worthless. Do they have a case? What do you mean do they have a case? Do each of those three, do any of those three people have a case? Or is the saying so, like with Boston Strong, nobody could trademark that. It became so big. Right. Has Philly special become that? Or does somebody have the ability to try and say, I claimed it first? Somebody can claim they 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 got it first. Somebody might even get the trademark. It, but it, it it has been used a lot. There are other things like if you remember, I don't know if you knew last year somebody tried to claim I think Wentz wagon, but since Wentz was in the in the name, it can be confused with Carson Wentz, and you can't do that. So that's why I'm so allowed they, to have my T-shirt with a wagon that says Wentz wagon on it. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, <laughs> part of that, and you probably bought it on a street corner. But uh, on online, close <laughs> enough. <laughs> Don't but, critique my but, fashion but, sense, but Jeff. Here's, here's the here's the practical. Yeah, maybe somebody's going to be able to get it. The whole point is, is though, guys, you're wasting your time because what are you going to do with it? Really, what are you going to do with it? Well, some people got tattoos of the play. Yeah, but it was the wrong play. Thank you. Okay, so, so this has really been bothering me and. My wife will laugh because I am oblivious to everything in life. Yeah. We'll drive down the street and I'll be like, when did they knock that building down? And she'll be like three years ago. But <laughs> I, mean, I did. When did we get a house I did door? notice <laughs> that the shirt design originally yeah. that was sold online from mm-hmm. some of these knockoff companies was for Philly wrong. Special 
did not have them in a trip sponge formation. Right. And so now all these people are getting the play tattooed on their forearm and they have the wrong formation. You can't change that. Well, it depends. I mean, you could you can add a couple little dots there if you <laughs> if you feel like adding them. I mean, for real. Come I'm not doing it. Don't look at me. I'm not putting a tattoo hey, on. Hey, Brett. But... You want to get a tattoo? Nah, I'm good with tattoos. You know, uh, I mean, we could put the play right on your arm. The right play or the wrong play? No, we put the wrong play on Brett's okay. arm for sure. All right, well, let's get <laughs> let's get back to the Philly special thing. The, the reason that people are trying to do it is it's a bad motive, okay? People, they want to make money. Pe- That's why they're want, trying to do the, it. The idea is, is to try to trademark something and then try to force the team to buy it, okay? So they, why does the team not own it? If if the team came up with it, why don't they have like the first right of refusal? Well, who's to say? Who's to say they? What? Nobody used the phrase Philly Special before this. Come on, I could go to half the restaurants in Philadelphia and find a some sort of Philly Special or something, but but it never works out. There are so many people that trademark something. The only person that's going to make n- money are are players or teams. It's just like trying to scoop up websites. It it it, it sounds great in theory. But they're not going to make any money off of it. Where's where does Philly Special go from here? Really? What what what? It depends who buys it. Somebody wants to make like arm cream out of it or something like that. Uh, there was one company that does all kinds of different products that they wanted to license it for. And and in, unless it's on the Philly team store or the Hold NFL on, shop, was, nobody cares. That was a company out of Pompano Beach, Florida, that wanted to have it on T-shirts and hoodies, buttoned-down Aloha shirts, baby clothes treated with fire and heat retardants, and clothing shield, namely pads applied to the underarms of shirts. Okay. So the underarm bed for your shirt, they wanted to be special? named it Philly Special. Would be something for your armpits. How ridiculous is this? It's Why dumb. can't we just enjoy the play? Well, and, and here and here's You're the other a lawyer. thing. Here, it's all your well, fault. No, <laughs> yeah, it's all my fault. But here's the here's the thing. You're not buying anything that says Philly Special unless it's also got the Little Eagles logo next to it, right? This is why we can't have nice things. So yeah. it's stupid. It, it, they're not going to make any money off of it after three days. It, it just doesn't matter. So anybody who's out there rushing to get it the second a team does something, you're really wasting your time. Well, people waste their time on lots of things. Do unless you, you want, unless you want my firm to trademark it for you, then you're willing to <laughs> and go then out. You're, and that we'll you give you the number. You don't believe it's a yeah. waste of time at all. They should absolutely do that. So, do you believe it's a waste of time to watch the NBA All Star Game and festivities, or will you be spending your time this weekend apparently watching Joel Embiid all three days? No, you're not. There's <laughs> Joel. You didn't play on Valentine's Day. You can't go play in three different things, and then, it, God forbid, you hurt yourself. You, the city's going Look, to go bananas. I didn't want him to play we before a, he had his ankle. We are in seventh place right now. We have a real chance to make the playoffs. Do not mess it up because you have to play in the futures game. He wants uh, to have fun. Who cares? Go. You can't have fun sitting on the sideline. I think it's fun that they won their 11th in a row at home heading into the All-Star break. And it was it was dicey. <laughs> it was. So they came back from 24 points down with Embiid sitting. It's the largest comeback since November 14, 2008. They were down 68-44 to 44 with nine minutes left in the third quarter. And it didn't and even then, look that close. And then outscored the Heat 60-34 to 34 for without the rest of the M- game. Without, without Embiid. Embiid. Yeah. They, I think they out-rebounded them like 23-3 to three or mm-hmm. some insane number like that. Well... We- at least for one game, Marco looked pretty good, huh? 
17 points off the bench. This is exactly what the Sixers needed. They needed another shooter. They needed somebody off the bench that could supply what J.J. Redick supplies when he's starting. And now they have that. It, it, this, is, this is a bigger addition than people realize. And this could be the piece that gets them into the playoffs. I'm not going as far as to say that it's going to win them a bunch of rounds and stuff like that. But this could be the piece that solidifies the second the the back part of the rotation. So you mentioned it. They head into the break as the seventh seed currently at thirty and twenty five. Mm-hmm. They're five games over five hundred for the first time since two thousand and twelve. And they have the same amount of losses as the six and the five, which is the number you look at. They, they just played less games. So all right, since Christmas Day, the Sixers ranked tenth in offense, first in defense, second in net rating. Tied for fewest losses at sixteen and seven. Yeah, and what is how what do, you feel what do, they, about what do the they have about turnovers? How do how do you feel <laughs> about the team right now as they head into the break? Uh, I, I feel not. That, how do you feel about Markel Fultz? Well, see, how but, do you feel see, about the team? But the fact that you said that is exactly the problem because I could because, see your face. Right, but but that's that's the problem with this team is that every time you try to look at the positive, there's just this the big cookie out there, and every year there's this big cookie out there, and this year it's Markel Fultz. And, and it's the lack of, I don't know if it's honesty or forthrightness or whatever word you want to use, of the front office that's actually hurting, hurting the ability to watch the product on the field unfettered by those thoughts. So I feel good about the players that are on the court. I still wish Ben Simmons would shoot like he does in practice. Because for people who have not seen Ben Simmons, go, go Google looking for any Ben Simmons practice video he actually has a shot for some reason Why he gets he shoot in, it in the game i don't know if it's mental I, I really don't because when he gets in a game even if he's going to shoot a 10 footer it's not it's not a run stop set and shoot it's run keep running towards the basket and let the ball float out of your hand it's not a shooting motion so i don't know who their shooting guru is but i don't see anybody improving from a shooting perspective, Covington was until he got that contract. Something's going on because he his shooting has been. You can see the lack of confidence. In so I shooting. asked you how you feel at the break, and you just listed a whole bunch of negatives right there. <laughs> the team's thirty and twenty-five. They've surpassed their win total from last year. You have to feel somewhat okay do. at this point. I do. I mean, they turn the ball over too much. They blow huge leads. They seem like they've started. To, You're not but, exactly Mr. But they positive seem like they've too. started to learn how to win a little bit. Yeah, and and as soon as they can get the rotations straightened out and players to stay on the court together, it's going to only get better. That's the thing. Do you think it, Rashawn Holmes should get more time? Yes. I, mean, I, I don't understand see, why he's not on the court. You know, I, people always ask me, "What do you think of Brett Brown?" I I, I like him as a person. I, I like him. I like the things he says. I'm often confused by his use of the players. Okay, Okafor, now that he's on another team, we now see how bad he is yeah, Brooklyn, on a court. Brooklyn hasn't been much better with them. No, they've been horrendous. Yeah. They went on They went on a five-game losing streak when they got him. Uh, and his plus-minus when he's on the court is, is terrible. Like minus 76 but, or minus. But you have Rashawn Holmes that a few weeks ago, when he got in, was lighting it up. He's exciting. He's got personality. He fits well. And then all of a sudden, he won't play for five games. TLC, 
all of a sudden he was getting some starting time and starting to get into a groove. All of a sudden he's not playing. It, it's very confusing because there's no set rotations and, and there's no explanation for why Brett's using the combinations that he's using. He can't be at the point of he's still feeling it out. You had you at this point in the season, and with it's not like there's a bunch of new players. JJ Reddick's really it. There's no reason that he doesn't know how to use these guys yet, and maybe there's more to it. You assume there is because they know more than we do. But I really do, I don't understand the rotations, and I don't understand the playing time. They'll be on break till next Thursday. Uh, so tonight you'll have Ben Simmons, Dario Saric, and Joel Embiid in the Rising Stars game. You gonna watch? No. Do you watch the the All Star games? Are you a? I'll watch the dunk contest. I'll watch the skills competition. The All Star game. See, I is... used to like the dunk contest more until they started jumping over cars and stuff. Like I don't mind. Look, it, it's fun. That part's fun. It's the same thing with hockey. At least they found a different way to do it to make it exciting. Yes. Basketball. It, it, there is nobody that's trying to stop anybody. It's it's literally like a bullfight where they just go Olay and everybody goes by because nobody wants to get hurt. Other than baseball, I like all the all-star skills competitions better than the actual games in those sports. Baseball, I enjoy the game, but I also enjoy home run derby. Basketball, I mean, look, the Sixers are putting up 120 at home. Anyway, you're talking 180 to 200 points going up on each side in this game probably. Right. There's There's no point to it. I mean, if people want to watch it, I'm cool with it. I don't, I don't say get rid of it. It's just for me. There's, look, there'll be college basketball on Sunday that I'd rather watch. Why is Michigan playing? Ohio State. Yeah, <laughs> there had to be some reason why you were all about that game. All right, stick with us. This is the Heart of Sports. When we come back, you will hear about my favorite headline from the Olympics so far. It involves a beer company buying a bobsled. Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey, those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at 1-888-337-3339 or visit on the web at www.NewJerseyShares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon Residential Landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family. Let me tell you, buying or selling a home is a life-changing decision. Whether you're looking for your first home or searching for your forever home, Ann Coons is the realtor you need. In fact, she helped my wife and I settle into our forever home. With over 30 years helping satisfied clients buy and sell homes in the Delaware Valley, Ann Coons will give you the professional and reliable service you deserve. When it's time to buy or sell a home in South Jersey or Philadelphia, contact Ann Coons, the only name you need to know in real estate. You can call Ann Coons today at 856-795-4709. Again, that's 856-795-4709. Or learn more on the web at www.annkoonsrealestate.com. Welcome back to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. All right, Jeff, are you watching the Olympics? They kind of snuck up on us. I mean, we had the Super Bowl and... You know, so much going on here, and all of a sudden, the opening ceremonies were last week. 
I didn't watch the opening ceremony. You didn't watch the Tongan come in? Apparently, people were very excited that he was back. He did it in the Summer Olympics. I don't know. I got a bunch of messages asking if I was going to talk about the Tongan guy coming back. I have no idea. Are you kidding me? I absolutely did. People actually ask you if we... Well, now that's officially too much talk about Tongan during the Winter Olympics. So let's move on. So we did it, though. All right. Okay. Well, so... The, the Olympics is one of those things that kind of sucks you in over time. It's it's almost like, all right, there's nothing. What's on television? There's nothing on because they don't put on any new shows. So all of a sudden you move on over to, in this case, NBC and start to watch it. It's not on as many channels as, as it used to be. Remember, remember Depends the- on the time of day. Like it's it's weird in the morning because of the time difference. There's a lot, so like they'll play a lot of the hockey games, right? Men's and women's hockey live at like nine ten a.m. on CNBC and channels like that so i've watched some like did you see the the women's canadian team and u.s team got in a fight fight. (laughs) that's olympic (laughs) spirit right there for you so you were saying i mean they're bitter rivals i asked you what your favorite sport was and you said there's your favorite sport and then there's the sports you watch (laughs) (laughs) so explain to me your olympic viewing habits jeff Uh, uh, some Really? What are you, my therapist? Sit down. Sit Let's down, talk yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Well, well, there's there's curling, which I, I, so many people like it, and it. I don't know what the fascination with it is, except I'm convinced that someday I could be in the. Am Olympics. I going to drive by your house and see with a push broom in your driveway practicing? <laughs> is that going to happen? Did you see that? I have a couple friends who actually go to like a curling club and do that. They uh, enjoy it a lot. My, my wife actually got me last year as a gift, uh, um, going and doing curling. Something tells me that you will break something. No way. That's not going to end I, well. I definitely think it, it's a cool they thing need to a really watch. long push broom you're kind of tall ha ha <laughs> uh, I would throw this I would throw the rock okay um, so you throw the rock the skiing they're, they're is heavy a, they're like 35 pounds yeah the skiing is exciting the uh I mean Lindsay Exc- Vaughn I think exciting, is exciting but I told you my knees hurt watching the people on the moguls yeah I, I just well, I don't know how they don't destroy well, their that's legs just because you're body. old and some of the crashes on the the half pipe yeah so so were you so are you older or younger than Lindsay Vaughn? Because I think she's going to be the oldest. I'm older. She's competitor. thirty. She's thirty three. Yeah. I'm older. Okay. But she'd be the oldest person to win if she does. Yeah. Um. So then, the, do we that, do better in the Summer Olympics than we do the Winter Olympics? Yes. Like because the Nordic countries win a lot of medals. So, I mean, you have Sweden and Germany and Norway. Those countries win a lot of the winter medals because we don't do a lot of those things. We, I mean. Cross country skiing, I think. I think Norway won gold, silver, and bronze. That doesn't surprise so, me. So, so, and they might even be leading. But with the figure skating, so you asked me what I what I watch and what I like. The figure skating happens to be on in our house, whether I want to watch it or not. But I, but this year, listening to the two main announcers, yeah, you haven't been, been a fan. No, you're not a fan of the commentary for the figure skating because everything's become a reality show. So I don't think of figure skating as a sport. Every not this, not day the, in life is a reality. No, show I know, now. but 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 I don't want to get people mad because I know actually people whose kids have been in figure skating. It's really hard, okay. But I don't think anything where you have to judge it, where it's where it's subjective. I do, I, I find that hard to be. You sport. like you like sports with legitimate scores, not the opinion of other people. Correct, and there have been so many problems over the years with it. But but what I don't need is is people acting like they're Simon Cowell. And this this the guy who's doing it now, uh, Weir. John, Johnny, Johnny Weir. Johnny Weir and Tara Lipinski. Yeah, you're not a fan. They're, I was listening to critical. it, and I'm like, I'm just listening to uh, Skating with the Stars, basically, now. And, and it, even in our house, it just went off. 
growing up, uh, we would watch figure skating with my mom. I, I used to really enjoy um, watching all that. It, it's I can't figure out some of the different team competitions they have with it now. Not into like the ice dancing. I love the luge and like anything on the like the bobsled and the those luge people. Uh, that is are something insane. I don't know how th- that you have to have a spine to do that. Go so, down as fast as they are head first or on your back because there's a skeleton where you go head first. So you laugh. Before I left the house today, my son is home with a fever, and yeah. so I, you know, I'm holding him beforehand, and, and it happened to be on TV. The skeleton. He was mesmerized <laughs> watching it, and I'm going, there is no chance you are doing that, little guy. Don't even think about it. But it was really cool to watch like how how they do it. You know what I, I was surprised at? I thought that the things like the half pipe were going to take off because the younger generation watches that from the X Games. It doesn't seem like it is, though. It's just become another sport yeah. in the Olympics. It's not... I mean, they used to have that snow cross where Lindsey Jacob Ellis fell. Um, it, it, some of those things have just become additional sports as a part of it. Now, you're a bobsled mm-hmm. fan, right? Yes. And I, I asked here, you. Here it comes. I enjoy cool runnings, okay? Yep. I, I So tell to, us your story, man. So the Jamaican bobsled coach threatened to quit, and she wanted to take the team's bobsled with her, which gave me the greatest headline I've ever seen come out of the Olympics. Jamaican bobsled team gets new sled from Red Stripe Beer after coach quits held sled hostage. <laughs> have you heard of a sled being held hostage before? What right does she have to take the sled? Apparently she paid for it. So she said she owned it, <laughs> and she wanted to take See, it. See, we could do a whole legal, so, like, se- we could do a legal segment on, 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 on who, who owns, owns the, the Jamaican bobsled. bobsled. But so, like, what, what did she expect them to do? Like, slide down, <laughs> like, themselves? <laughs> what do you do there? Just get a cardboard box, and they'll all run down. Can you imagine? Now, was it a... F- do they have a two-man and a four-man sled? I don't know. Uh, apparently, Red Stripe agreed to get a new one uh-huh. for them. So I, I've never heard it's of a, all a publicity stuff. I've never heard of a beer company sponsoring an Olympic team <laughs> with a sled. Red Stripe's pretty popular. I wonder if they can down, put their. I wonder if they can put their logo on it. No, you can't. You no. can't do any of that stuff. Well, they'll have the Jamaica logo. Huh? They'll have the Jamaica logo. Yes. So, um, did you watch? Speaking of half pipe, did you watch Sean and White? You, by the way, you cannot. Trademark the Jamaica logo. If that was no, you no, you okay. can't do right. that. Um, to watch Sean White put up a big score in the half pipe. No, no, you weren't into it. Mm-mm. His win was the hundredth gold all time in the Winter Olympics. Norway has. Wouldn't you have thought we would have had more by now? No, because like I said, we're better medals? at Summer Olympics than we are Winter Olympics. Like in the Summer Olympics, we do yes. really well, track uh-huh. and field and gymnastics, and like those are sports that the U.S. Olympics has excelled in. Winter sports. You know, we do better in some of the the skating and like the I enjoy the speed skating and the short track speed skating that'll come up. That's basically NASCAR on ice skates. I enjoy that kind did, of stuff. Did that'll you come up did next you week. see the they had the for the short track they had the relay, and the relay is not you can switch whenever you want. So it's not you don't do everybody. Oh my god, Jeff! I would tag out every time to you. It's crazy. I would do like a half a lap and tag you and be like, you go. You do it. it. I mean, it real, I, I, and they're right behind each other. I don't know how they do that. Can I call out a little limp, Olympic his, hypocrisy, though? A little? Or? Yeah. Well, there's lots of it. Okay. You got so, it. So does it annoy anybody else that the Russians are – the Russians were banned from the Olympics <laughs> They're not the for actual cheating, team right? from Russia? So, they're the Olympic but athletes the, they, of Russia? Well, they were like supposed to be 
under the Olympic flag, is what they said they were going to be, of no country. Calling them the Olympic athletes from Russia, what's the difference? I had the same thought. It, it really just strikes me as incredibly hypocritical, and I think for the Paralympics, they're not doing it. But they had to let them compete, right? There were people who got an injunction they, to be able to participate. Right. Just don't call them the Olympic athletes from Russia. So just, what would you call them? They would be Olympic athletes, and if they win, they're under the umbrella of the five-ring Olympic flag, period. All right, I'll leave that there. Okay. College basketball scandal. Is this going to blow up college basketball right now? I think now? everybody can thank Rick Pitino for <laughs> so, ruining a good thing, and it's coming right before March Madness. I'm going to read you three lines from a Yahoo Sports story yeah. that came out last night. The first one is this. The soundtrack to the three federal basketball corruption cases is essentially a ticking time bomb which will inevitably explode. It will impact every major conference, Hall of Fame coaches, a score of current top players, and some of the nation's most distinguished and respected programs. Mm -hmm. That's the first line. Second line. When this all comes out, Hall of Fame coaches should be scared. Lottery picks won't be eligible to play, and almost half of the 16 teams the NCAA showed on its initial tournament show should worry about their appearance being vacated. How do you feel about that? Eh. You're just, eh, no big deal? Uh, you, well, uh, Here's the you third have one. a third one, so I might as well wait. Multiple sources react. told Yahoo Sports that material obtained threatens the fundamental structure and integrity of the sport as there's potentially as many as 50 college basketball programs that could end up compromised in some way. It's bad. Any reaction? It's Other than this benefits John would, Beeline because he doesn't go after top-line players <laughs> in Michigan. Because I know that that's where you want to go, and we're not talking Michigan basketball right now. I mean, this is bad. Could you imagine if this breaks right at the beginning of March Madness and will, you find out that half of the 16 teams that are potentially going are under questioning? So here's the question. Why don't we know what the underlying issue is? Who why, why is it? What, what, are, what are they waiting for? Are they waiting to drop this as, as March Madness starts? So you got to the question that I always ask when I see leaks, yeah. particularly of, of court proceedings. Mm -hmm. Who benefits from the leak? So who benefits from this information being out here without specifics right now? And that's... Oh, yeah, I, I can't I know figure I can't figure that out yet. Really? I thought you were going to point the finger at me and say lawyers. Agents. N no, I, I don't think it's about lawyers and agents. I, I'm I'm honestly asking the question. Th there's somebody who specifically gave this information. Mm -hmm. And it's vague enough that it calls everybody into question as opposed to narrowing the scope. It just throws a blanket over all of them and says you're all about to be in big, big trouble. The, N the NBA benefits, but I don't think they'd be behind it. So, uh, I mean, because then it supports their whole G League development. Will people care? LeVar Le Ball. Let's blame him. We'll get to him in a second. Okay. Will people care? No. Mm -mm. They'll just go do their March I mean, Madness some people, bracket. They'll do you, their March Madness bracket. You'll care. And, I'll care. They'll, they'll be, uh, there will be a lot of people that care. And the thing I hate is we'll have to listen to Jay Billis rant on him about this because he is <laughs> he's so holier than now with some of this stuff. <laughs> but 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 it I've long thought that there are these problems, and I didn't think that it was limited to Patino. But remember when when that whole Patino thing came up, you go, oh my God, you want to talk about it again? Yeah, because this is a problem because because the fact that there are. Sp Sports sneaker companies that are paying athletes to go to certain schools was, I think people seem to have lost 
not that the kids were being paid, because that's bad enough. They were being paid to go to certain schools. So I think, as I think this out, it might be a school that's not benefiting from who's, the sneaker who's company. putting it out there them. who wants other people yeah. to... If you're a mid-major school or you're a school that's done things the right way, and th- and you find out that sneaker companies who you may by the way you may have a, con- a contract there's, with there's only a limited number of sneaker companies right so there's there's uh, Under Armour there's Nike there's Adidas there's the, big baller brand uh, that doesn't count as we'll a get to them in a company. second but there's only there's only four or five of them okay so if they're directing kids to certain programs that means other ones that are part of their endorsement are not getting the benefit of that. And, and that's where things may just blow up because now they're turning coaches and programs Against on each, each other. other. It's going to be something to watch in the yeah. coming weeks, and we'll have more if that comes out. Um, since Big Baller Brand isn't one of the shoe companies, we'll make sure to bring LeVar into this. Did you see this week that he said that no. Lonzo will only <laughs> resign yeah, with You're going to do this at the end of the show? I am. I'm going <laughs> to throw that bomb in the room and just walk out. You better Lonzo run. <laughs> will, Lonzo will only resign with the Lakers if his two brothers are signed, too. Ha! That's what LeVar says. <laughs> and and it just goes to show you that he is a parasite. He The fact that you would do this to your child is amazing to me. It is it is beyond nauseating that this one of his sons it has a career. He is an adult. He has no right to say to make any demands of of his his father has no rights to make demands of his son's employer, especially demands that kids that aren't good enough at least right now. How would now, you feel if somebody said, "Hey, <laughs> you've hired one of uh, my sons as your lawyer. He'll only stay with your firm." If you hire his new brothers, they can't really practice law, well, I, but you got to sign them. I'm, I'm going to end. I'm going to end my comments on, on a note. You know how I like to bring this down to little league sports, right? Yes. Okay. Well, I will tell you, there was a parent who called me up and said to me, by the way, I want your kid, but only if you take my younger kid. In Little League Youth Sports? Travel baseball. Oh, we are getting into that next week. Thank you for joining us this week on The Heart of Sports. Make sure to join us next Friday night when we'll be joined again from spring training, this time by Jim Salisbury of CSN. Help you start your weekend in style. Everyone have a great one, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.